Welcome to Solve This Murder. I am your Belgian sleuth, Bill. And I am your British bumble, Danny. No, you're just a crime team criminal witness. Sorry. And a British Hast- Bumble. Hastings, Hastings is the British nothing. Bumble. Well, yeah. But you have to also be the crime scene criminal witnesses. Whatever. This is, what is this, part four, four. now? Yeah. Of our public domain murder mystery, Mysterious Affair at Styles. Mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying it. It's a tangled web. It is a tangled web she that went, she wove. She went hard for her first novel. The web's slightly tangled, but there's <laughs> lots of will-based issues. Last episode, we had the coroner and her lawyer, same guy, arrive. We got to open some of these boxes. I saw that she had written him a will that made her husband the beneficiary, which she didn't need to do because he's already the beneficiary because they got married and avoided her old will. I found proof, not proof, I found evidence that maybe she was writing a new will down there. He is possessed, I am possessed, possessed of these items. Mm. So she may have been writing a new will before she was murdered. And then I went up to check the purple box, the mysterious purple box, and I found the box had been ransacked. Someone had forced it open and stolen things from the box, as well as maybe mussing up the room a little bit. So there is definitely something important in that purple dispatch box, but I want to know what it is, and I don't. (laughs) So it's time for Poirot to start cracking heads. Get out there and find out who did the murders. Excellent. There's only one murder, but there'll probably be another. Maybe not. We'll find out. Mm. So the practice writing was downstairs at the bud- at the boudoir. I'm assuming the the will was probably written in that room. Yes, that makes sense. Maybe it is brought up kind to of be the sent. offices, and maybe when it was brought up to be sent, because the purple one is for sending letters and things, right? Yeah, seems to be. Maybe she took it up there, sent it to send it off. Someone then killed her, found it, and threw it in the fire for sending stuff off, or seemingly just for holding extra important things. It's unclear. What's an interesting point to note? If somebody burnt the will, threw it in the fire and burned it, it means it must have been a proper will, right? If it was a draft, it was unfinished, you wouldn't mm. bother burning it, because I could guess. Oh, yeah. doesn't matter. It's not going to get done. But if it's a proper will, does that mean somebody's witnessed it? Yes, absolutely. Right? You would think you that someone two had witnessed... witnesses for a will just like a wedding. Can I try and ask around the household to see if <laughs> anyone's witnessed? Just like, just like, starting with the servants. She'd probably get servants to witness it. You can probably take a guess based on some evidence that you found in the boudoir. Oh no, hold on, boudoir evidence. servants she might have gotten. Who's the best at spelling the word possessed? (laughs) Dirt, the gardener. She called a gardener in to be like, oi, can you come in here? Yeah, remember they only have three gardeners now? But that's more than enough to witness. Absolutely it is. You're right, the dirt in the boudoir tracked in. She she just said, come in here, guys. Yeah. Quickly they were planting m- new flowers yesterday, you might recall. The flowers were oh, extra nice. Oh, yes. Okay. Mm. Do I, can I get in contact with these gardeners? Yeah, for sure. The gardeners will come right in. And what do their gardener uh, voices right. sound like? All right. Um. Okay, I'm not going to talk to him. He doesn't sound like anything. I'll talk to the other one. So one of them sounds like that. Oh, yes, sir. I'm the gardener's apprentice, oh. Willem. Okay, girl. I was going to say, you sounded quite young to be a professional gardener. Well, I, I'm 11. That's the ripe old working oh. age at the moment. All the people older than me are off at the war, sir. True. Okay. Yep. Good. Uh, well, oh, yeah. Wait, um, you can't be old enough to witness a document. Oh, laws like that don't exist yet. Are you kidding? <laughs> this was witnessed by my baby. My baby did it. I put his little hand stamp on it as a signature. I've dipped his little chubby hand in ink and I've placed it upon this parchment. He indeed witnessed it. So, yeah, Mrs. Inglethorpe, she told me to run up to the news agency and pick up one of those... 
fancy will-making kits. <laughs> and a lottery ticket. So I did so. I came back and uh, we went back out to work for a little bit. And then she called us back in to sign some stuff. Do you really buy... Do people really sell will-making kits? Oh, yeah. The, is that actually in the book? Oh, yes. That's so cool. <laughs> That's cool. I don't know why. That's nothing, but it's, I get it. <laughs> And then, now, we didn't see nothing. She covered it with a piece of blotting paper, so we couldn't actually see anything. She just said, <laughs> Baby, how did you, you know, sign. It? She just had her signature. Well, I saw the word will at <laughs> the top. That cannot be legal. I know, I know it said will at the top because that's my name. And Oh, get out of here. Is that the line in the book? No. Damn. I wish it were. I love it. <laughs> I said, I don't even know who Testament is. So, yeah, right under where her name was signed, we signed it. But, yeah, I don't know. Okay. So, you, in your eminence as detective, know that if there was a piece of blotting paper covering up fresh writing... <gasps> Has it been blotted? There is a chance. Like, no, it won't be clearly, but you start looking through a waste paper bin and you find a piece of likely yes, blotting yes, yes, paper. Yes, blotting paper. You can't make out words on it, but it is the sort of thing that there is a chance maybe some imprints were left it on somewhere. You might need to send it out to someone who knows a little bit more and not receive word back until quite late in the book. Let's do it. I'm sending the blotting paper right. off to my friend at the blotting station. I think it may have actually been like paper that was coincidentally underneath it as it was being written. By the way, I've, I'm it. sending it to the blotting station. Yeah. That's good. Absolutely. I'm excited. And yeah, after that, uh, she slipped it into a big old envelope and then she put inside some sort of purple box thing. It was in the purple box. Oh, thank you, child. Have a tuppence. Woo! That's a year's wage, it is. Okay, so, so hold on, hold on. You signed this... You witnessed a will. This was mm -hmm. on. This was yesterday. This was the yeah, day she died. Yeah, that's right. Yesterday afternoon. Oh, did you know she was dead? She's dead. Y yeah, yeah, I got You're that. You're a child. I thought maybe people had kept it from you. No, no, that's not the way things work in <laughs> 1917 or whatever. I keep forgetting it's the 20s. I've seen or, or 18 tens. relatives die. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't avoid it in the in the 1910s. Mm, all amputations. Oh no. <laughs> they were all doing the amputations. Oh yeah, doctors are wild in this time. Okay, so. You did that. You, when was that? Uh, must have been four, a little bit after four. Okay. Danny, you're going to have to help me. Sorry. Danny doesn't have to help me do anything. Mm -hmm. uh, you British Bumble Hastings. Yes, that's right. Could you come and help me with this, uh, with the timeline here? Oh, sure. Timeline of when things were happening. Yep, 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 yep. So apparently Dorcas overheard the argument between the Inglethorpes at about four. Okay, so when? That's the same time the will was signed. Well, they said just after four. Okay, cool. So we're looking at... Okay, I'm going to make a little timeline. I'm going to do a timeline section mm. here. I'm going to say four o'clock, argument. Just, that's the you've deceived me argument. And then sometime after four. Maybe we were there until like 4.30? 4.30? All right, so I'm going to say 4.30 is the will witnessing. Mm -hmm. oh, sorry, is will witnessing the will. And then when Dorcas came back in to provide tea and hear Mrs. Inglethorpe have a bit of a... Everything has changed? An un, yeah, an unsteady rant. That was more like five. All right. Five o'clock, we're saying everything has changed. Mm. I hope that doesn't contradict anything I said in previous episodes. If it has, this is just the new truth. Yeah, it's hard to keep track of things. You know what people playing at home? If it's contradicting something... Maybe Hastings just book. got it Maybe, wrong. Yeah, exactly. Hastings, Maybe Hastings is untrustworthy. He's not a good detective. He's still shell-shocked from the war. Okay. So everything has changed at five o'clock. Mm. And then, you might recall, right after that, five o'clock, Mary Cavendish went in there. 
to talk to Mrs. Inglethorpe. Oh. And they had a bit of a spat as well. Yes. Oh, that was that from back in episode one. Let me see it. Let me see mm. it. That was at 5.15? Some, there was a bit. It was right after Dorcas left. So that means she was, maybe she knew about the will. Maybe she talked to the gardeners and then she was like, let me see it. Let me see it. I want to see the will. I want to see if I'm in it. Yeah, it's possible. You might also remember that while talking to Dorcas about how everything's changed, Mrs. Inglethorpe was holding a piece of paper. Oh, yes, 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 yes. This is all about the will. Okay, so Mary maybe knows about the will. I'm going to ask Mary if she yes. knows about the will. And then what happens? I know later on at 7.15, that's when coffee, yes. that's when uh, the, uh, the cocoa, the cocoa was goes up. And, coffee was served at about 8 o'clock, so around the same time that the cocoa was taken into the bedroom. Okay. And then it's about 5 o'clock the next morning that the, 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 the chaos convulsion. starts. Oh, no, I don't know how to spell convulsion. <laughs> What's the vowel in the middle of convulsion? A U. What else could it be? I don't know. It had an O. Mm. Convulsion instead of convulsion. That's a little wild. Okay. So I've got like a timeline here. Mm. Now, the next chapter that happens from mm. all of this is the inquest. Oh, so we're gonna, are we going to jump ahead to the inquest? So can you I, can do jump... some question asking of the people. Like sort of being, I can give you some, but you can sort of be the coroner asking people questions as well. Oh, okay. I'd like to just have a quick moment of, mm -hmm. can I find out, is it possible for me to find out from Mary whether or not she knew about the will? She will say no. She will say no. But when she says no, does she say N-O or does she say K-N-O-W <laughs> as if to say, I do know about the will? She has a very... Uh, dominant personality, so with one glance you can tell she's not going to answer your questions again. Fine. Let's jump forward to the inquest. <laughs> Anything happen between Wednesday and Friday? The only thing that happens between Wednesday and Friday is I, Hastings, I just feel like taking a bit of a stroll, doing a little bit of my own investigation. I'm going to go to Rakes' farm. Ooh, can I come? Just to find out. Oh, it turns out you've already been. <laughs> let's find out what we probably both know. Yeah, let's find out about Rakes. Ah... You don't find out too much about Rakes. All you can find on the premises is one of the employees there who does say, oh, yes, we get a little bit of attendance from your fancy hall around here. Wink, wink. Not naming any names. Alfred. And then that's all you get out of him. That's all I got out of him. I got an entire section lined up. <laughs> I just marked off part of my notes for Rakes Farm, and it's just to tell me the thing I already knew that, so that Alfred goes there. <laughs> I look for murder weapons. Any wills hanging out in the farm? <laughs> no, that's it. Is it a is it a strychnine farm? Do they grow strychnine here? <laughs> my gosh! Thanks, Rakes Farm. That's, what is the point of this? I'm gonna get. You know what? I'm getting a bloody. I'm getting my rubber. I'm getting a razor <laughs> for you Americans who think rubbers did something else. I'm gonna rub this out. Rub, <laughs> rub. So on a Friday, the inquest begins. We start out with things like uh, the body gets viewed, which is wild. <gasps> Let's view the body. Doesn't give any details about that. I just <sighs> had to include that as the first line of the inquest that happens. It's a preliminary thing that they go through. I want to view that body. John Cavendish identifies the body. That is my mother. Stepmother. That is my stepmother. He then gives his account of being woken up. Uh, in the early hours of the morning and what he witnessed of the death. After that, they get Bowerstein in because he's the medical expert. He's the toxicology man. And so... It's me, Bowerstein. He actually gives some of the more technical results of this post-mortem that happened. Oh. Because uh, they must have sent results off to him to actually do the testing of things. So they establish it was absolutely strychnine poisoning. If you could... Sorry, if you could do mm -hmm. his... Um 
Oh, sorry. What, he, what he's established. Can you do it in his new voice that I just established then? What was that again? <laughs> it's me, Baustein. I don't know if you want me to. No, no, please. Just, just so we have... Just so <laughs> no, you're missing the rasp. I, I can't rasp. I have asthma. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. You can, you can paraphrase. It was most definitely strychnine poisoning. Regarding the amount of strychnine that was there, it would be pretty unlikely that it was like, oh no, I grabbed the wrong bottle because... It doesn't seem incidental. It seems deliberate. One, it would be unlikely that you would just have strychnine. Like, It's not a cleaner or anything. Yeah. It's just straight up. It's just a, de- a death-dealing poisoner. I mean, it can also be used for medical things. Oh, okay, then it's fine. But, yeah, it's not something that you would take by accident. I don't know how it was administered. I do, it's cocoa. <laughs> But the thing is, strychnine, it's a fast drug. Oh. It, symptoms would normally appear like one or two hours after you've had it. So if it was there the are some, cocoa. Yeah, there are some times, and we discussed this earlier, there are some things where it can be slowed down. Like it, maybe if you've eaten a gigantic meal, she had not done that. So I cannot say that. I would have said, based on the evidence, that she had a, the poison about 3 a.m., but so that is wild. So so we're thinking about like, oh, she had the coffee, mm. oh, she had the, the cocoa. Now, the but cocoa she would normally have at some point in the middle of the night. She drank it through the night, but, but even then, the tested, poisoning happened. We tested the dregs of the cocoa oh, for strychnine. No, no strychnine? There was no strychnine What's in it. What's up with the salt on the tray? Just as a point, I'm not at all surprised to find out there was no strychnine in the cocoa. Strychnine's really bitter. <gasps> bitter like coffee, put it in the coffee, you put some bitter strychnine in your coffee and drink that it. That would be far more likely, except that, well, the cup is totally smashed, so we have no way of testing it. And I'm assuming she drank the coffee pretty quickly. Yeah. I like that you responded to my song as if Poirot was singing it in the scene. I hope he was. <laughs> Does it say he sang a little song there? In the, Every in the, time. In the original? Every time. It's public domain. We can rewrite it. Mm-hmm. You could you could release a copy of this book exactly the same, except you put in a little song in that scene. <laughs> no one can do anything about it. It's public domain. Do you also recall there was something uh, that you wanted to ask Dr. Bowerstein about his own presence? Well, I want to say, what the heck were you doing outside at 5 a.m.? I have insomnia. You have insomnia? Yeah. I'm always up that early. It's normal in the 1910s. Oh, I probably wasn't the only one awake at that time. And that's about it for his evidence. Well, that didn't give me anything new. I knew, mm. well, except for the fact that it probably came in. No, no, it didn't give me anything new, except that it wasn't the cocoa. Yeah, isn't that wild? It was bitter. It was in the coffee, probably. But then why was she drinking the coffee at 3 a.m.? Mm. Mm. Next person up is Lawrence Cavendish. Sure. Younger brother. His evidence basically just repeats exactly what John says, but just as he's about to leave, <gasps> he says... I don't know if this is the right venue for no, no, this. No, no, that was, it was, I don't know if it's the right Stop that. But may I offer a suggestion at all? Oh, mon dieu! You think you can offer a suggestion to me, Poirot? I will slap you with my little hands. Well, I just wanted to say there's always the, uh, a possibility that my mother's death might have been more natural than we think. Naturally Did, occurring strychnine? Well, I mean, not exactly naturally occurring, but has anyone mentioned the fact that for a <laughs> she while eats now... strychnine every night. She's been taking a medicinal tonic that has strychnine as an ingredient. Okay, yeah, all right, cool. And Maybe mention that. I feel... Maybe mention that day one. Strychnine poisoning. Well, she was drinking strychnine every night. 
come on, man. Day one, I want this. Why did you wait? The murder happened on Tuesday. You waited until Friday to tell me about this strychnine that she drank every night? You didn't think it was relevant when we were talking about the strychnine? Kind of thought somebody else might have mentioned it by now. What's your job? What? You're the one who's... You're, you're being paid by your dead stepmother to mention every time she drinks strychnine. It's in the will. Well, that's baffling. I wouldn't know. Nobody's shown me anyway. Damn, I was trying to catch him out to say he'd, to see if he'd be like, no, you're not in the will. And I say, ha you, you read the will. So anyway, I, I feel like I've heard that there have been some cases of cumulative effects of drugs like this. Is it not possible that that happened? Or alternatively, perhaps she just overdosed on her own medicine. I, Terrible I, tragedy. I look uh, questioningly at Dr. Ballastain. Hmm? Yeah, the, that doctor and the other doctor as well, if you remember the second one who came on the scene, both of them say, no, absolutely not. Strychnine can be a cumulative poison, but that's not a sudden death sort of thing. That's a, you would get long-term symptoms. It would definitely have been something that people would have noticed before now. And as for an accidental overdose, it's not just like three or four doses would have done it. Based on the amount of medicine that she got, she got it in bulk because this one she gets from the special big pharmacist in a couple of towns okay, so over. So that means not Cynthia. Correct. Okay. So she gets a huge bulk one and she would have basically had to chug the whole bottle for in order for that to happen. Well, you say that. Hmm? Have we seen the bottle? Has the, it been chugged? The, the bottle, I don't know what happened to it. Maybe it's kept elsewhere because, yeah, there's no evidence about the bottle as such. But... Dorcas is familiar with this medicine okay. and says, oh, no, absolutely not. There's there's no way anything like that could have happened, nor could it have been the chemist accidentally over strychnining the medicine or anything because she was just finishing up the bottle. In fact, she took her last dose yesterday the night uh, on the night. Oh, OK. OK. Maybe all the strychnine had pooled at the bottom of the drink. <laughs> is that how it works? <laughs> I mean, in this formula, absolutely not. Now, uh, as uh, perhaps an interesting point, she was actually supposed to take that dose the night before, but uh, we were all in a big hubbub. There was a big village celebration. She was giving a speech, and I suppose in the excitement of it all, she just forgot. Oh, so she missed one dose. That sounds so important and so unimportant at the same time. And so then Dorcas herself gives the theory after Lawrence has been thoroughly rubbished by the doctors. <laughs> boo! Boo, Lawrence! <laughs> sit down! Boo! You're bad at this. Stick to your lane, Lawrence. Boo! Dorcas goes up. She says pretty much everything that you've already heard. Nothing in her story's changed. And then Mary Cavendish comes up and she oh, gets yeah. to she speak about her. She didn't talk to me. Hmm. Let's find out about what Mary thinks. So Mary says... Well, as per usual, my alarm woke me up at 4.30 in the morning. Why as per usual? What do you do at 4.30 in the morning? Uh, well, you might know I take care of the grounds a lot along with some of the servants. I do some of the outdoorsy work on this property. Pause. Hmm? She works with the gardeners. No wonder they immediately told her about the will and she was like, let me see it. She knows about the will. She's gossipy with the gardeners. Go I on. honestly don't know why she works this land when they have so many servants. It's weird. Yeah. You know, fun. I have to do the work of the fired two gardeners. That's fair. Mm. And uh, so, yes, of course, I have to get up ridiculously early. And so as I was getting dressed, I heard something heavy falling over. And it uh, turns out, I suppose, that was the bedside table. In Mrs. Inglethorpe's room. I suppose so. So I opened my door. I listened for a moment. And then the bell started ringing. Servants came running. Uh, the door was locked, you know. And she just goes into basically repeating what everyone else has said. 
And then when she is asked about perhaps overhearing quarrels or anything the day earlier or having quarrels. Yeah, I want to I try and find out more about this um, let me see it quarrel. She just goes, no, nothing of importance. Um, what were you doing at 5.15 yelling let me see it? No idea. Man, you're the worst. At least come up with a lie. <laughs> Don't just be like, no, nah, see you later. <laughs> you nothing to go on. And then after that... Does anybody in the house sound exactly like Mary? <laughs> not as far as I know. All right. Not on, not on purpose. All right, good, 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 good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I wasn't a dig at you. Might be. Uh, after that... Oh, it's me, Mary. After that, a shop assistant from the newsagents is called and says, yep, I totally sold a will kit on that day. Oh, okay, good. Everyone's corroborating every story. Yep, the gardeners came up and said, mm, finished at about 4.30. So bit after four for sure. Maybe getting towards 4.30. Sure. Cynthia Murdoch comes up. We haven't heard too much from her. No. And the problem with that is she has nothing to say. She goes, I don't know. I was asleep. I woke up to Mary shaking me, saying something's going on. Okay. Now, for Patreon subscribers, for people who subscribe to the Patreon for Consume This Media, supporting all of the shows on our network, you will know that we've been doing a whole long, long series of two-minute mysteries where we solve these little mystery, murder mysteries that are designed to be read and solved in two minutes. They're great fun. And they have absolutely ruined my ability <laughs> to solve a mystery like a normal person. Because all I'm doing is Mary was like, and then I heard a thud. It must have been the table falling over. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm just like, well, actually, the table had uh, crockery on it, so when it fell, it would make a crash, <laughs> not, a not a thud. And therefore, you're well, the murderer. I mean, you made a, sm a slight there are gonna mistake, be some, there might you be, are the murderer. There You've done it. There might be some tenuous links in here. I'm going to try to make them as untenuous as possible <laughs> for you. That is all I want to do. Like, I just want to be like, you said you were there at 5.15, but now you say you weren't there at 5.15. That means you did the murder, 100% yep. certainty. There's no follow-up investigation. <laughs> it Really, Helegian has ruined my capacity to solve real mysteries. But mm. hey, if that sounds fun to you, go support us on Patreon. Um, back to the show. So, so um, Cynthia has nothing interesting to say. No, she slept through the entire thing. Oh my gosh, Cynthia. Which is interesting. You remember where her room is? Yeah, how did she sleep through the whole thing? Does she take sleeping pills? Do you have insomnia? Oh no, not at all. How could you possibly have slept through this whole thing? Nah, I guess I'm a really sound sleeper. Mm, I don't know what to make of this. She probably did the murder. I could ask Cynthia about her cup. I don't know what I'd get. Maybe I'll get something out of it. I'll be like, Cynthia, hey, we're an inquest. <laughs> when you had your coffee, did you take your cup back up to you when you went to bed? No, that would be very strange. Did you leave it somewhere strange? No, I left it with some of the others. Well, it, it, seemed, it appears to be missing. You don't take your coffee with sugar, do you? No. Yes, well, your coffee cup is nowhere to be seen. I have no idea why that would be. Uh, did a servant just clean it? No, nobody cleaned up. Did anybody, did you see anyone take your coffee cup? Not at all. Did you promise anybody they could take nope, your coffee cup? Nope, I have no idea what you're talking about. Damn. Why did we think that the coffee cup upstairs was smashed? We thought the coffee cup up, the coffee cup upstairs, the coffee cup upstairs was smashed to hide evidence of yeah. poisoning. And, we, and, it, and it was true that they couldn't test the coffee cup. Absolutely. For poisoning. Or perhaps it was to hide evidence of not being the vector or of that. poison. And now we've got another coffee cup that we can't test for anything. Oh, Cynthia's coffee cup can't be tested because it doesn't exist. I had assumed it was the same coffee cup, but maybe not. So does that mean that maybe Cynthia is taking something that she doesn't want people to know about? Or someone... Oh, wait, hold on. 
what if somebody's drugged Cynthia? She's not saying, oh, I know I'm a sound sleeper. She's saying, I don't know, I guess I slept through it. What if somebody deliberately drugged Cynthia so they could go into her room with the keys that we know can open other people's rooms, then opened her... No, it was bolted from the other side, but whatever. When in, maybe her door wasn't bolted shut, so they could either escape through it or arrive through it. And in that process, they snagged some of their green outfit in the door bolt by going through the door, which is not a usual thing to do. Mm. It is weird, isn't it, that that door that you have tested it out, it was completely silent when you've been told no one ever uses it. Yeah, like it was freshly oiled. Mm. So somebody drugged Cynthia and got rid of her cup as well as... Because they didn't want any... Okay, that's interesting. Okay, so Cynthia may have been drugged to be kept quiet. Okay, okay. Now this could be a good place to end it, but... Is there more... Does more someone else stand up at the inquest? We've still got a couple more <gasps> inquesties. Ooh. What about you, Hastings? What do you have to say? <laughs> it's Evie Howard who comes in next. You remember her? I know... She her... stormed out and quit being... Uh, yeah, she's em- second Emily cousin. Inglethorpe's... Uh, well, she was just the friend slash... Jack of all trades worker. She was an employee, but also a friend. Mm. And Alfred claimed he was her second cousin. Yes. And then she and then Evie was like, "Don't trust that man. He's a bad and man." And she stormed out. And, and then quit. she stormed out. Now, was, I may have gotten my timeline wrong on exactly when that happened. You said that, that was happened. like Sunday, like two days before the murder. Yeah. Apparently, it was actually ten days before the murder. Oh well. Okay. <laughs> Apologies. In that case, I the can solve the whole so thing now. The book was so unclear. I could solve the whole thing now. I don't right even now. know how much it matters. Yeah, that's fine. But Evie comes in and she wasn't there. She was nowhere near it. Her evidence, she was on duty that night. So she clearly has a good alibi. She also has a letter saying, cool, I just received this this morning. <gasps> it is from Emily. Must be one of those letters that she was sending out. Emily's? Yes, that's I don't think you've ever told me her name was Emily. <laughs> Sorry. She doesn't have many friends. Okay, her name's Emily. Emily, apparently. I had no idea. All right, go on. Did anyone, did anyone home know that that was Emily? Did I just miss that? I don't know. And so apparently the Wednesday morning or whatever it was, right after the murder, Mrs. Inglethorpe must have sent this letter and that was just one of the things going to the dispatch case. Don't tell me about it. Tell me what's in it. All right, they give oh, you a copy. Danny's giving me a copy of the letter. Okay, okay, okay. So first of all, it is handwritten, and the handwriting looks like the I am possessed. I think it's clearly... It's totally not just that the book only has two fonts to choose from. No, 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 no. July 17th, Styles Court, Essex. That's not handwritten, the Styles Court, Essex part. No. Nah. Must be on a letterhead. I guess so. Know. My dear Evelyn, can we not bury the hatchet? I have found it hard to forget the things you said against my dear husband, but I am an old woman, very fond of you, Yours affectionately, Emily Inglethorpe. Now, what Evie says about this, she just goes, Now, you might not be able to read through the lines like, that read between the lines like I can. Oh, yeah, I can read through them? Can't read mm-hmm. between them. But to me, what this says is my friend realised she's been made a fool of, she has realised that Alfred is no good and is just after her money and is sleeping around and all that good stuff. And she's, this is her way of keeping her dignity while coming crawling back to me. I mean, seems like it. We know that she had an argument with bloody, what's his face? Mm-hmm. With Alfred. Saying you've deceived me. I'm just oh, saying, I don't know why we're wasting our time here. You, what are you saying? Is it, that it was Alfred? I think it's... I'm not allowed to say that legally, am I? Probably. I think it's pretty clear. I mean, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you, sister. I'm on that Alfred train. (laughs) 
She actually gets cut off before she can say that, but she's halfway through saying it, and then she grumbly goes off. We're doing a different version, Danny. I'm playing the role of Poirot. I refuse to let anyone cut her off. Right. Next, there is a surprise witness. (gasps) Someone not from the house. His name is Albert Mace, chemist's assistant. It's me, Albert Mace, the chemist's assistant, and I have terrible news for everybody. So he's from the local pharmacy. I'm from the local pharmacy. Qualified pharmacist. I'm a qualified pharmacist. Only recently come to this particular shop. Uh, I'm new. The assistant formerly there had just been called up for the army. Yes, the other one's off protecting our country. I'm here mixing up our powders. So the evidence that I have to give at this inquest is that I have very recently sold strychnine to an unauthorized person. And who was this man? Well, it was on Monday night, Monday the 16th. Monday night! Okay, yep. And it was Mr. Inglethorpe. Come on, this is too obvious. He can't, you know what? He cannot have done the murder because every single piece of evidence points to him being the murderer. It's just not a mystery. It's not a murder mystery. It's a, it's a, slow, just a, a slow walk towards a murderer. Now, look, we don't typically just sell strychnine over the counter, but, uh, you know, Styles Court, it's a pretty fancy place. And apparently they usually buy all their medicines and things at the big fancy store in town. And it's really hard to compete with them. So if we could get their business, it was sort of under the impression that I should do whatever I can to make that happen. And anyway, Mr. Inglethorpe, he said that, uh, as you do in the 1910s, he needed to poison a dog. <laughs> is that what it is? It says he's going to poison a dog and they're all fine with this? Oh, poison a dog. Yeah, fine. Give as much strychnine as you want. And uh, I've got proof as well. Anyone who purchases poisons does have to sign our book. So <gasps> got this book here. Let got the signature. Let me see that proof. Mm, yeah, fantastic. Let me see that poison Just proof. a signature. All right. And that's all that he has to do. And uh, after being scolded by the coroner. For what? For just giving out poisons. Ah, uh, sure. And then just one more witness to come forward. Who's left? Who do we think? Alfred Inglethorpe. Alfred Inglethorpe. We haven't spoken to Alfred. He is not. Alfred. 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 All right. What do you need to ask him first? Oh, my gosh. Did you do it? (laughs) (laughs) No. Nah, that never works. Okay, Alfred. Hold on, hold on. I need a new page. I'm going to write Alfred. Cool. We draw a picture of this. So remember, he looks funny as well. Oh, does he? Yeah, remember? He's got a crazy beard, crazy glasses, dresses funny. Oh, I do vaguely remember yeah. that. I feel like we made fun of his beard at one point. That sounds right. All right, Alfred, mm-hmm. let's get down to business. Please. Why did you buy strychnine? I didn't. What? You, you signed for it? No, I didn't. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm sorry, that's not my signature. Doesn't Was... look anything like it. Sign something right now. He does. He pulls out some old things with signatures Put on it. Put this glove goes, on. Yep. Nope. And you can see, yeah, doesn't look the same. Not at all. Oh, my gosh. I suppose, okay, you were just saying, Alfred's got a, a big ridiculous beard and fancy glasses and whatever. That feels like the most easy man to disguise yourself as. For sure. Ever. This is some kind of Jimmy Ragaletto level <laughs> disguise. You just do whatever the hell you want. Not only that. Why would I poison a dog at Styles? The, we've only got one sheepdog, and he's great. Oh my God. <laughs> Alfred. Okay, Alfred. What have you been doing at Rake's Farm? Don't you dare tell me I've never been to Rake's Farm. <laughs> Don't you dare say no, I've never been once. I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I walk around a lot. I go on walks. Oh In gosh. fact, 
I believe that's where I was on the evening of the occurrence. I was out walking. Oh yeah, tell me about Denby. On this mo- no, this Monday night, sorry. Oh, sure. on, on that Monday night when I was supposedly buying poisons, I was out on a walk. Where were you walking? I can't really remember. Well, what do I ask him other than why are you such a murderer? Um, why was your door between your room and your wife's room bolted on the no, night of the murder? I have no idea. You're was the it? worst, Alfred! <laughs> I, I didn't test the thing. Couldn't say. Remember, I wasn't home. Yeah, you were at Denby's. What's yes. up with Denby? Well, he's the estate agent. We had some matters to go over. What matters? I don't know. Matters. Very I boring. Hate this guy so much. Interest rates and all of that. War levies. Very dull stuff. I have such a big. I put your name in such big letters at the top of my page expecting you to say something. And there's nothing here. I'm Alfred. I don't do anything. <laughs> were you fighting with your wife? No. Well, what about the people who said, hey, you were fighting with. Why did you say that you've deceived her? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> hey, uh, people, people must be mistaken. I had no such argument with my wife. I, I was not even at the house for some of the afternoon. When did you leave the house? I don't know, in the afternoon. I and then again so in the much. evening at about 9pm, I oh, think. I hate you. I hate you so much. I was home basically for coffee and apparently no other time. But yeah, so apparently everyone's just lying. Oh my god, what do I do about this? What do I do with this? This isn't how you solve a murder. Oh, and you know how you heard that her last words were Alfred? Yeah. Yeah, that's because Dr. Bowerstein sort of looks like me a little bit. He's got a, be- a beard as well. Okay, He's about helping. my height. That helps. Bowerstein looks like Alfred. Bowerstein bought the poison. Bowerstein, Bowerstein, Bowerstein. <laughs> Bowerstein is Alfred. <laughs> that won't be confusing for my notes later on. I'm going to put an exclamation mark and I'm going to underline it. Bowerstein bought the poison. Okay. Oh my, I hate this guy. You've given him the best voice for the worst character. It's the most, it's as infuriating as all of his answers. Um, well, I don't know what else I ask this man. He won't admit to have been in a, in a, in a fight. Uh, he won't admit to buying the poison. He won't admit to going to see the Rakes girls. I don't know, man. Like, do, why didn't you have any coffee? I don't drink coffee. Why'd you pour the coffee? Because I was being polite. My wife wanted coffee. But then, of course, I poured her coffee, and then the door knocked or rang or whatever a door does. I put it down to answer it. It was Dr. Bowerstein. I welcomed him in, and that was it. I don't know what happened to the coffee after that. Uh, Why did you let me end an episode on this guy? (laughs) Alfred! (laughs) Well, I guess that's it. That's the end of the episode, I guess. The way that this chapter ends is they notice that uh, Inspector Jap has entered the room Jap. and he's watching the proceedings along as well. So Scotland Yard is now involved. It's getting serious. Scotland Yard is here. And then the official verdict to this inquest is given because I don't get how inquests work yep. as willful murder against some person or persons unknown. Against meaning by, I suppose. Yeah, the charge of willful murder. Indeed. Against an unknown person. Yes, quite. Thanks, Alfred. You ruined the end of my episode. People are quite surprised that it wasn't just against Alfred, but apparently he convinced someone. It's me. I'm off the Alfred train. Solve This Murder is created by Bill Sunderland and Danny Siller as part of the Consume This Media Network. To find out more about all of our shows, you can head to consumethismedia.com. If you want to try your hand at solving this murder yourself, send your current theory in to solvethismurderpod at gmail.com 
and you may end up on our wall of detectives. A special thank you to Jared, Devon and Wit from the podcast Advanced Sage Russian Shootouts for creating our theme music. And thanks to all of you for listening.